Welcome to the Jaguar King Podcast. I'm your host, Armin. I talk everything Jaguars football, usually in tears, but this one's a little bit different. I'm going to talk about the tears that the Jaguars bring me. I'm talking about the biggest game of the year, Super Bowl 55 between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. And boy, do I have some envy for you Tampa Bay and Kansas City fans. The closest feeling I had to this season to a Super Bowl victory was when the Jets beat the Rams and gave us the first overall pick. And just to add salt to the wounds, some former Jaguar players are in the Zero Super Bowl. And those guys have definitely attributed to my tears. But this is not about me and my pain. This is about the biggest game of the year. So let's get into the video. So here we are, Super Bowl 55, for all the marbles, for all the cheesecake, for all the people you invite to your house and instantly regret it because they're there for the commercials. Yes, that one was funny, Nancy, the puppy monkey baby. That's great. Eat your damn pizza and come help me figure out how to beat this cover two defense. Before we break down this game, we have to go into how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Kansas City Chiefs got to this point. Starting with the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers this offseason made one of the biggest moves by getting Tom Brady in free agency. After a shaky start, they put together a solid season, finishing 11-5 and earning a spot in the wild card in the NFC playoffs. In the first round, they beat a football team led by backup quarterback Taylor Heineken, moved on to the divisional round to play the New Orleans Saints, where they held Drew Brees to 134 yards and three interceptions. And just to rub it in, after the game, Tom Brady met with Drew Brees to throw a pass to his son just to show off his superior arm strength. They move on to play the Packers in the NFC Championship, and even with Tom Brady throwing three interceptions, him and the defense got the job done and punched their ticket into the Super Bowl. And after the game, the first thing Tom Brady wanted to do was to go celebrate with his son. I don't know about you, but uh, I looked away at that moment. During the trophy presentation, Bruce Arians went out there and said it took one man to make this change, one guy to instill belief in this organization, obviously alluding to Tom Brady. And after the presentation, it was reported that there was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer crying off to the sidelines, to which Tom Brady told him to shut the fuck up. Perhaps he was crying because his head coach told him he was a loser and completely neglected all his hard work he'd done this season to get to this point, and that possibly drudged up some childhood feelings. We all don't have dads who kiss us on the lips, Tom. Now let's take a look at them Chiefs. Fresh off their Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl 54, Patty Holmes got a massive contract where he celebrated by swatting flies at the gym and the team picked up right where they left off. The Chiefs ended the regular season first in the AFC with a 14-2 record, earning a first week bye, so the first playoff game was in a divisional round against the Cleveland Browns. And in that game, Andy Reid was so confident in Chad Henney that he decided to do an QB option with an already kind of injured Patrick Mahomes, and he got his head slammed into the turf, he could barely stand up on his own feet, to which Tony Romo said, oh boy, hope it's not a cramp. But fear not, Andy Reid's balls and Chad Henney's can-do attitude got the job done and at 4th and 1 they closed out the game against the Browns, moving on to play the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship. People were not so confident in the Chiefs for some reason, leading ESPN to put up this absolutely absurd graphic before the game. I believe this was mainly due to the margin of victory that the Chiefs had throughout the season, but let's be real, the regular season is probably incredibly boring to the Chiefs. They're back there playing musical chairs at the line of scrimmage, they're throwing Pat Mahomes on fade routes. With a high-powered offense like that, you don't necessarily have to put everything out on film, you can beat most teams with your basic offense. And then once you get a comfortable lead, you can just play prevent defense and let the other teams chew away the clock, because at any given moment you could score so that's just my observation as to why they weren't blowing out teams this year they were just kind of waiting until the games mattered and it showed with the thrashing of the buffalo bills in the afc championship their offense was on fire and with that victory they head back to the super bowl to play the tampa bay buccaneers and here we are so it all comes down to this game where's the Lombardi going to this year the goat or the baby goat tom brady or pat mahomes oh my god 
I've had the old bull. Now I want the young calf. Obviously, to beat these teams, it comes down to the quarterback. On one side with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you have arguably the best quarterback to ever play in the NFL, chasing his seventh ring. Perhaps the best way to beat Tom Brady is before the game even starts. Perhaps you slip a couple strawberries into his diet. Perhaps you loosen up one of the elastic bands he works out with and it snaps him in the eye. Interestingly enough, that's probably how you beat Pat Mahomes as well. Maybe force his brother Jackson to do some absolutely cringy TikToks and dances and embarrasses Pat Mahomes enough to just call it quits and never play football again. And if you try that and it fails, well then you gotta beat him on the field and the best way to beat a quarterback is to put pressure on him. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did just that when they played Aaron Rodgers and with the Chiefs banging up offensive line, this may become an issue for Patrick Mahomes. But against the Bills, they kept it really short, and they played within that soft zone that the Bills gave them, and they didn't do anything too deep. And Patrick Mahomes was mobile enough to escape the pocket when he needed, but I think that'll be the most interesting thing to watch for this game. Now for the weapons on both sides of the teams. There's plenty of them. The Chiefs have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman, all adding their element to this offense, mainly speed. Speaking of speed... Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Scotty Miller said he'd beat Tyreek Hill in a foot race. Let's calm down here, Scott. I get it. You caught a pass over Kevin King, but who hasn't? I understand the confidence, but Tyreek Hill is faster than an Instagram bot. Outside of Scotty Tuhati, the Buccaneers have top five wide receiver in Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and big old Rob Gronkowski. They got an element of size, speed, that's tough for any defense to face. At the running back position, the Chiefs have Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming off an ankle injury, but he's had a solid rookie year. And then for backup, they have Le'Veon Bell, who signed with them this year after forcing his way out of the Jets. And they also have Darrell Williams, who filled out a solid role in that backfield for them. The Buccaneers have Ronald Jones, who led the way in the regular season. But in the playoffs, it looks like the Buccaneers are opting to go with Leonard Fournette, who earned the nickname Playoff Lenny. Because in the regular season, he was too busy running in the back of his lineman's ass. Sorry, guys. I just had to get that off my chest. Now, in the trenches is where it gets iffy. I already talked about the Chiefs missing a lot of their starters on the offensive line. And playing this defensive line for the Buccaneers is not going to be easy. And for the Bucks' offensive line, Pro Football Focus gave them the fifth-ranked offensive line with a line led by Ryan Jensen and rookie right tackle Tristan Wirfs. I don't know if that's how you say his name, but that's how I'm going with it. Now, for the defensive side of the ball, starting with the defensive line, the Buccaneers have a pretty strong one. They play a 3-4 defense, so their defensive line is filled with big bodies like Ndamukong King Su, Vita Vea. And the Chiefs' defensive line is something to worry about as well with Chris Jones and Frank Clark, who couldn't wait to bust out his fur coat for Instagram. Moving on to the linebackers, the Buccaneers may have the best group in all of football with Devin White and Levante David in the middle. And then coming off the edge, Shaquille Barrett and JPP will provide that pass rush. The Chiefs linebackers are probably names you don't hear a lot, but they have a solid duo in Anthony Hitchens and Damian Wilson. Now into the secondary. The Chiefs secondary, for some reason, doesn't get as much love as they probably should, but they clearly show that they're capable stopping that Bills offense, completely clamping Stephon Diggs in the AFC Championship game. And at the safety spot, they have all-pro safety Honey Badger and Thornhill who can make some plays, and they also have Dan Sorensen who kind of plays a lot of hats on that defense and moves around all over the place. And the Tampa Bay Bucks secondary has definitely improved since the first time the Chiefs met and Tyreek Hill went off for like 260 yards. Starting with Sean Murphy bunting, when he's not arguing with Michael Thomas on Instagram, he's getting interceptions for his team, recording one interception in each of their playoff games. And at the safety spot, they definitely found a true playmaker with Antoine Winfield Jr., so this defense definitely can create some plays. I feel like matchups on both of these teams are really even and you could make a case for which side is better than the other perhaps this game could come down to coaching the chiefs have andy reed offensive mastermind burger loving son of a bitch and the bucks have offensive guru 
Bruce Arians, and apparently Tom Brady, who Bruce Arians said that sometimes he just lets him go out there and coach. So what the hell is Byron Leftwich doing? Perhaps this game could be so close and it comes down to officiating, and a penalty could be the difference of the game. This year we'll have the first female officiating a Super Bowl game. Flag on a play for keeping a toilet seat up. Well, what about your makeup all around the sink, madam? I don't know about you guys, but I anticipate a really back and forth game and even matchup that makes it hard to pick who the winner will be. But if I'm going to make a prediction, I think the line can hold up just enough for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs win 27 to 24. Thank you all for sticking around for my horseshit. Thank you all for those who have supported my channel. I know it's not a Jaguars video, but I figured it's something I would talk about because it's the biggest game of the year. Leave a comment down below on who you think is going to win this game. Do you think the Chiefs take it or do you think Tom Brady gets a seventh ring? Don't forget to hit the like button and I'll see you for the next video. Mm -hmm.